1: God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry, teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much." The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now.
2: The children of Israel were mourning for 30 days. What days of sorrow! This must have been no leader, no healer among them, no mighty miracles, no more parting of the water. No more would their enemies be defeated with their chariots and their fine horses stuck in the mud. No future. What was next for them? It must have looked grim. The people were mourning according to the Jewish custom. There must have been an unbearable sadness upon them and in their hearts. Moses was dead. He was a great leader, but now he was gone and God had taken him. But God is the God of suddenly something new appears and the twinkling of an eye with him. God oftentimes out of nowhere does what we least expect. Are you waiting for God to do something good? We'll expect him suddenly, according to Isaiah forty three nineteen. I came to encourage you today. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Have you not known it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Today, we're going to talk about a few ways to live a life of fasting. That's mega power. We have access to mega power. But why do we often feel so weak and broken? Today, let's talk about communion leading to what I call mega power. Great, enormous, tremendous power. Now, after the death of his servant Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, and I'm going to say this in my own words, if you will Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise you and all these people cross over the Jordan into the land that I am going to give to the children of Israel. I have given you every place where the soles of your feet will tread, just as I promised Moses. Oh my goodness, it's so powerful. So God favored Moses. He had a face-to-face relationship. But why? Why did God give Moses such favor? Let's pray. Father, oh, Abba, Abba, today we need revelation power. Today is the day that you're drawing us closer to you. Oh, Father, I feel you reaching for us. May you be received in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Moses had a powerful relationship with God. Joshua thirty three eleven. Thus the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses returned to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the tent. So Joshua hung out with God behind that. He kind of stayed there in the glory of God, if you will. One scripture describes how Moses depended on God. Exodus 33, 15, if your presence does not go with us, Moses replied, do not lead us up from this place. God acted on behalf of Moses and the children of Israel and their enemies saw how God protected and blessed them. Miracles, signs and wonders took place in Egypt for the children of Israel. Moses cried out to God. He wanted to know him and to experience his glory. The Lord said to Moses, I know thee by name. Exodus thirty-three, twelve. That's so powerful. That's what God is saying to you today. I know you by name. Isaiah 69 says something like this. Would a mother forget the child that she has nursed? Surely she would not. Neither have I forgotten you. See, I've written your name upon the palm of my hand. Did you know that your name, child of God, is written on the palm of his hand? Oh, I'm here to tell you today. He has not forgotten you. That was a powerful utterance from the Lord that he was telling Moses that he he was telling him, I know you intimately, Moses. I know your thoughts. I know your desires. I know your victories and your weaknesses. He knew him personally. He knew the secrets of Moses' heart, as he knows the same of you and me. Watch how Moses responds to God. Exodus thirty-three thirteen. He makes the following request of God by saying this: Now therefore I pray that if I have found grace in thy sight, show me thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. Now, let's just stop right there. He says four things that are so very important. He says, show me thy way. He's crying out to God. And secondly, he says that I may know thee. He wants to draw closer to God. And then he says that I may find grace in thy sight. Consider this nation to be yours. Moses is called a friend of God. He has an intimate relationship with God. Look how he's praying. Look at the request that he's making of God. He's not asking for food or things, and surely every person needs that. But Moses understands that if he seeks a relationship with God, that if he seeks God first, everything else will be added to him. He knew the experience of God's love and his intimate mercy. He knew God as a sovereign God. He understood God's faithfulness and that it never failed. He longed for God's presence and he would rather have spent his entire life in the wilderness if God's presence did not go with him to the promised land. Moses met God face to face. This relationship was unique and powerful. Moses communed with God And he saw God's glory. He knew the love of God and he trusted him. Let's talk about having a new relationship with God. What if we began to cry out to God as Moses did? What if we began to live a life of fasting and praying? Every day. What if we ate our last meal at 6 p.m. And then we went into fasting until our bedtime, not eating or drinking anything else. And we're praying. And then maybe the next morning when we rise up. Fasting and praying until 7 a.m. the next morning. What if we kind of lived a life of fasting? Of course, always checking with your doctor before you fast. But what if every day after 6 p.m., you know, you had your last meal before 6 p.m. And you went into fasting and praying. Maybe you did have water or something to drink, but no food. And you just fed on the Word of God, doing your normal duties at home sometime, but You're talking with God. You're reading scripture and you're fasting and you're praying or maybe each day, first thing in the morning and to a certain time in the day, you are seeking God, fasting and praying, even if it's just for a few hours or maybe the first weekend of the month. I used to have a fasting time the first weekend of every month. I called it the first fruits and the first weekend of every month was devoted to fasting and praying. I'm talking about walking in a communion relationship with God. I'm talking about stepping into a relationship of mega power, if you will. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your God. But many people live a life of fasting instead of seasons of fasting and praying. Fasting humbles us before God and your prayers will pack a punch. Moses' deepest desire: I will not go forward without your presence. I want to know you. What if this becomes the cry of our heart? Wait a minute, Valerie, I think you're onto to something. God answers Moses and he says, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." That means you're not going to be struggling. That means you're going to know my presence. You're going to know that I am with you. You're not going to be in anxiety and worry and fear because my presence is going to go with you. This is the year of communion to commune with God. We have to make that request of him and we have to cry out. Oh, my goodness. The Bible says this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering that was the cry of brother Paul's heart unto God to know him in an intimate way philippians 3:10 says that i may know him becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. Did you know that the power of the resurrection is active in you and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even unto his death, dying As he did, we must die to our self as we crucify the flesh, not letting it have its desires that are not according to the will of God. We must cry out to God continually with a sincere heart, requesting to know him, to have his presence upon us, crying out, saying, Lord, I want to know you. Then we must be willing to come apart a while and pray, spending time in God's presence, to spend time in God's word, getting to know him and crying out, maybe even using the words of Paul, I want to know you, Lord, the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to know you abiding in his word, setting regular times of prayer. Praying when we wake in the wee hours of the night, instead of getting up to watch television or to get something else to eat. What if when we wake in the wee hours of the night, we begin to pray for the nation? We begin to pray for the nations of the world. We begin to pray for the needs that we have heard of, of others in remote parts of the world or in our own community. What if we begin to pray in the wee hours of the night? Then we begin to live in the secret place of the Most High, and we are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. We begin to have an intimate relationship with God. Then our prayers are ignited with power. His Spirit begins to direct us and guide us in prayer. We come to know a love that's unspeakable, a love that words cannot describe. I remember one day when I owned my own business and my children were young and I thought one day at work, you know, I'll just run home. It was summertime and I'll check on my husband and the kids and kind of see what they're doing. And I went home for lunch that day and I remember walking into the house and I didn't see anyone and called out my husband's name. No answer. I called out each of the boys names. No answer. And I thought, okay, well. Maybe they just went to the mall. That was their favorite, you know, hangout in those days. They just went to the mall, do some shopping, get some ice cream or something, hanging out up there. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just lay across the bed and get a little rest before I go back to the office. Well, I laid across the bed, and we had this beautiful skylight in the ceiling. And I see the blue sky and the clouds, you know, passing by. It's just a gorgeous, clear day. And then I began to just doze off for a moment. I had the most incredible experience, something that I never phantom. It is so difficult to describe in words as I lay across the bed, looking at the skylight and I dozed off just a bit. And then I woke up when I opened my eyes, there was something kind of starting to stir in the room at the doorway. And I felt a presence, you know, entering the room. I looked up and at the top of the ceiling, I could feel the presence of the Lord. And then it it came into the room like a cloud. And as it entered the room and it came towards me, I began to feel the most awesome, amazing love. It was something that words simply cannot describe. And it began to come into the room at the ceiling and it began to just fill the room and engulfing me and just, just the glory of God and his presence in the room. And there was a love. I can't describe it. It's something that can't even be uttered in words, a presence, a power, but a love that was so, it's not something that we even know on earth I knew it was the love of God. I knew his presence. I knew his glory as it filled the room. And I felt it drawing me to him. I was drawn towards that love because it is something that we have never experienced. And as I was going towards it, I suddenly realized, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I-, I can't go. I realized if I go towards that presence, I'm, I'm not going to be here anymore. I won't be in this world anymore. And, and I began to think, no, no, I can't go now. I, I have to help my husband. I began to think about my little boys. I have to finish raising them. Lord, I can't go right now. Don't take me now. I have to finish helping him raise these children. And as I began to pull away, you know, in the spirit within myself, the presence began to leave the room It began to go backwards. It began to dissipate more and more. And then it gradually went through the doorway and out of the door. And I just laid there just, you know, in awe and thinking, oh, my goodness, I knew that if I had went towards that presence that very day, my husband and those boys would have walked back into that house and found that I had gone to be with the Lord. And just of natural causes, it was an amazing Experience. I am telling you that the love that God has for you, no human words can utter. If we would just stay in His presence, if we would dwell in the secret place of the Most High, when we begin to live a life of communion and we become obedient to His word, miracles, signs, and wonders do follow those who believe. You know, I have a friend and I haven't known this friend very long, and she told me about thirty days ago, she said, Valerie, my son is just so strung out on drugs, just total addiction. He's been on drugs for years. She said, I really need you to, to help me pray, you know, about him. He's not talking to me. He goes on these violent sprees of just anger and his temper's uncontrollable. She said, I just need you to just 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 pray for him. And I could just tell she was heartbroken. I said, Absolutely. You know, definitely, I will pray for him. I began praying the Ephesians prayer for him. Ephesians 6 10 to verse 18. And then Ephesians 1 17 to verse 23. And then Ephesians 3, 14 to verse 21. Famous verses known as the Ephesian prayers. I began to read those two. And three times a day over him calling up his name. And I want to tell you that in 30 days, she said, my son has changed. I got a phone call, Valerie, that he's changing his life. He's going to counseling and he's striving to live a new life. Glory to God. When we live a life of communion God knows us and we know him in an intimate way and do you know that then you can ask special things of God and he will answer he says call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things thou knowest not of when we commune with him in an intimate relationship it allows us to ask special favors and he will do it just because you ask him to right now God is looking for men and women who will make prayer a priority. Men and women who will pray for this nation and the nations of the world. God's looking for you right now. One of the most important accomplishments of the disciples after the day of Pentecost was this. They said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the work of the ministry. They said they will give themselves continually to prayer. And what happened? They saw the victory. They were successful. When powers of darkness came against them, when they faced opposition, they could stand. People were saved because they made such a great commitment to prayer. They didn't let anything detach them from that commitment. They made up their minds and they walked in the miraculous power of God. The Lord added to the church daily as such should be saved. That's in in Acts 4. And the word of the Lord increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Acts 6, 7. Jesus established a church in prayer and it grew through prayer. Prayer was the foundation of the ministry that Jesus established. They said they gave themselves to prayer. What would happen if we give ourselves continually to prayer? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The miracle working power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost of Christ himself will work through our prayers and our prayers will not be dead. The disciples saw Jesus' prayer life. They followed that same pattern. When they didn't know what to do, they prayed. When they needed protection, they prayed. When they needed deliverance, they prayed. When they needed the doors of the prison to open, they prayed. When they needed the doors to open to minister in new cities, they prayed everywhere they went. They prayed. They prayed in the temple. They prayed in the prison. They prayed on the mountainside. They prayed in the river banks. They prayed continuously. They prayed before they ate. They prayed when they faced death. Their prayer wasn't something they did as a last resort. It was their way of life. As the ministry grew, their work was great. But they prayed. And that's how they overcame. Jesus spent so much time in prayer with the Father that when he met the sick, the blind, or the lame, he didn't have to try to pray some hard prayers or pray for hours. He spoke and they were healed. Jesus battled on the battlefield in prayer for a circumstance, any circumstance that he would face, he won the victory in prayer. He won it when he was alone. And he received instructions from the Father, spending time in his presence. When he arose from prayer, he went out and he met the multitudes. When he went to meet Lazarus and he was raised from the dead, Jesus won the battle before he said, Lazarus, come forth. He won the battle in prayer. He won it alone. That's how we have to meet our circumstances. We do not battle any circumstances with words, The battle is won with communion with the Father. Then we will receive instruction that will give us strength. And we are renewed. We are protected. We will receive provision in prayer on our knees with the Father. That's where the victory is won. And then we face the circumstance and the battle is already won. Communion in prayer is the seat of victory. Moses knew it. Joshua witnessed it and then he prayed powerful prayers. What happens when we commune with God? What happens when we fight the battle in the battlefield of prayer? Miracle signs and wonders will follow. You'll begin to see such victory through a life of communion and prayer. You'll never stop praying. You'll never cease communion with him because nothing will ever Take the place of being in the secret place of the Most High. Remember, living a life of regular fasting and praying takes us to a new level through prayer. We want to know Him, the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. If we commune with God on a regular basis, we will find ourselves in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. And there we will rest in His glory. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray.
1: You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.